Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. 401k, right? This is this is the beginning of the year. Um, the 401k is, is a lot of people's first way to start investing in the stock market, right? Most people actually, um, the majority of their stock investment, or if they only they, they only have one stock investment, and that is the 401k, right? A lot of people don't have outside stock investments outside of a retirement plan. So what is your suggestion for people, young people, or old people, whatever? that, um, you know, might've just signed up for the 401k or are in a 401k. Um, what's your thoughts on allocation and things of that nature? No, I, I think that that's a really good question. I did want to address uh, what you all said about the tax deductions before we move forward, because I think that that's important and significant. When you live your life like a business, um, the expenses that you incur as an individual, you can, like you said, write off as a business. So like the internet that you're using on a regular basis, you already know you was going to be scrolling through Instagram, following EYL, following Ian, following Rashad, following Troy, following, like I said, Black Upside, but you also use your internet to run your business. Your cell phone, you're going to call your girlfriend, you're going to gossip about that guy you swipe right on and he showed up at the day, a whole catfish, but guess what else? You're going to use your cell phone to call make business calls in order to generate business. Like when I started looking at the number of tax deductions that are available for your business, those number over 400 deductions. If you're going on vacation, but you're doing business for a certain percentage of time, that's no longer a business. I mean, that's no longer a vacation. That's now business travel. So when I started to reorient my mind into thinking about what are the things that I'm going to do anyway, you know, just as an individual, how can I reclassify that as my business? I was able to see how I can reduce the taxable income because you all talked about taxes being expensive. Taxes are expensive. The more income that you earn because the percentage that they charge in taxes increases along with your income. With deductions, you're able to reduce that tax liability and that's what deductions really afford to you. So that was, I really like how you all talked about that. 
In regards to the 401k, 403b, if you're working with a nonprofit organization, uh, 401k, 403b, TSP, um, if you're self-employed, it's the IRA, it's traditional or Roth, and we can talk about that as well. The first thing that you want to do is you want to ask your employer, because a 401k is an employer-sponsored program, if they can match your contribution and how much they match per dollar. So one of my employers matched up to 6% of the salary that I was earning. So every single year, just like you said, Rashad, they're going to ask for those individuals who want to um, contribute to the 401k. And they're going to ask how much you want to contribute and how frequently. So you want to make sure that you ask those critical questions. The second thing is, the biggest mistake that I made is I did listen to my mama. Because she told me, listen, at 20 years old, you are going to be investing in your 401k. And I was telling her at 20 years old, I'm not thinking about retirement. I'm not thinking about retirement. But we know the benefits of compound interest. The earlier you get started, the more your money can go to work with you, work for you over the years. So my mom started investing in retirement at 31. She thought if I could start 11 years ahead of her, then perhaps I could retire early. But for 401ks, you want to look inside whatever your employer has set you up with initially. For me, one of the biggest mistakes I made is I looked inside of my 401k late and I saw that nearly 100% of my money was invested in money markets. So I think I heard um, maybe Ian talking about it earlier. I came in maybe about 10 minutes towards the end of the conversation, but money markets are not going to return as much as equities. Mm -hmm. So like my money is returning one or two percent a year. It took me like two years to check it. One or two percent a year. That's equivalent to your money being invested in a savings account. Think about a 401k. If you are actively managing your funds or you're critically thinking about what mutual funds you want to select, then you should be returning at least, in my opinion, <laughs> at least at what the S&P 500 is returning. So one to two percent was too low for me. So I had to go inside of my 401k look at the mutual funds that my employer has selected for me and then get smart. Just like you all said, information's on the other side of your fingertips. Get smart about what mutual funds I thought would could perform better for me versus what my employer selected. What are some of the things that I look for? The first thing is rule of thumb. You take 110, you subtract it by however old you are right now, and whatever that resulting number is, is the percentage of equities in which your mutual fund should be invested. So you said it one more time, because I know people missed it, but it's a good formula. Yeah, yes. That's a, that's so good you take that's 110, right you subtract your age, and whatever that resulting number is, is the percentage of equities in which you should be invested. Equities is synonymous to stocks. You can have U.S. equities, which is U.S. companies. You can have non-U.S. equities, which means that that's foreign investments, that's foreign businesses that are being traded on their stock markets. So whatever that number is, equities should be represented there. Ho, ho, I just want to, I just, because that was, that was actually a very, very good, useful formula. So if you're 30 years old, that's roughly 80%. 80% of your money should be in stocks. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's extremely, that's, I, I agree. You guys that. are sleeping on it. Write that down. Write <laughs> <laughs> right. it down and make it plain. In three weeks, like, oh, what was the formula? Write it down now. Write it down. Come on, now. Pick up your pen and pencil. We all should have one. Come on, let's go. And you shouldn't so you be wanna... in money markets until you're like 70 or 80. I can't believe that. <laughs> so that's 
because the thing about it is, listen, y'all give away a lot of free game. So you want to look at the percentage of equities. You want to get familiar with the different asset classes that are available to you. So I heard Ian talking about bonds. You can do um, real estate. You can do a mixed fund. So like you want to take a look at what's inside of that fund. Next, you want to take a look at with your mutual fund. What is the expense ratio? Because over time, the higher the expense ratio is, the more expensive it is to keep that particular mutual fund. I recommend that the expense ratio be 1% or fewer, okay? Expense ratio is what fund managers charge you to pay them to actively manage the investments within your mutual fund portfolio, okay? So that's 1%. You take that 1% and you multiply it by the money that you have invested in that account. It's important that you understand um, what type of equities are in there. So you may look at like what is the type of fund. It may say things like large cap, mid cap, small cap. I believe Ian was talking about this earlier too. So large cap, those are the large companies that you definitely recognize their names. That's the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Microsofts, the Googles. But then during the pandemic, some of the high performers have been the mid-cap companies. So one particular mid-cap mutual fund that I own, two companies that were on there that returned in triple digits, Tesla was in there, <laughs> Teladoc was in there. Mm -hmm. um, those were two companies that you absolutely know their name and they returned it significantly. Why? Because of course we had a black swan event. No one could have predicted that we would be in the middle of a, a health pandemic, right? A health pandemic that nobody could have anticipated. And those companies that were able to serve our needs while we stayed at home, which is why they call it stay at home stocks, were able to experience tremendous growth. Okay, so mid cap, mid cap. And then you have small cap companies. And so those are small capitalized. That's what that cap stands, capitalized companies. Okay, so you want to take a look at that. Another thing that I take a look at when I'm looking at mutual funds, I'm looking at the, the sectors. So we know there's 11 sectors in the stock market. Like what are the top three to four sectors within that fund? Again, one of the things that I love about what Ian said, he said, hey, these were the top three performing sectors for 2020. Technology, was it? Um, communications, consumer discretionary. Get comfortable in figuring out what exactly does that mean? And guess what? Google is your friend. On the other side of your fingertips, again, is information. Don't swim in the ocean of knowledge and drown in ignorance. When we talk about technology, that's the Apple, that's the Microsoft, that's the Google. When we talk about consumer discretionary, that's Home Depot. Y'all was in your house fixing your closets, painting your walls, making your mm -hmm. house look pretty. That's McDonald's. We're not going to negotiate if you should be eating them chicken nuggets. But let me tell you something. People got tired of cooking. They went right on in that drive-thru. That's yeah. in the consumer discretionary category. Communications. Everybody was watching Netflix, Disney Plus, the introduction of 5G. So that's Sprint. I ain't going to talk about y'all Sprint folks, but the call always drops. Communication sectors. Be smart about the sectors. What are the companies that you're patronizing that you're spending your hard-earned dollars at during the pandemic, after the pandemic, pre-pandemic? Be smart about the sectors. What are the sectors that underperform? Energy. Why? That's oil, right? That's oil. You can't love Tesla and be pro-energy, too. You got to <laughs> I mean, that's clean energy. You know, so you're looking at energy. You know, you're talking the planes have been grounded. What do they require? Fuel. 
right? When we're talking about cars, some of you aren't commuting to your nine to five. Your nine to five, you're not driving from your house to your job. You walking from your bedroom to your living room, okay? So you're not putting as much fuel in your car. Energy sector, underperform, right? Mm -hmm. So like that's ranking low. So you wanna take a look at those sectors and you wanna see if that makes sense. What are some companies that are part of those sectors? And then I look at the top 10 holdings within that mutual fund. Because I think it's important. You know, what are those top 10 holdings? How are they performing? And then the last thing that I'll say is that, yes, I read the prospectus. That's important. You should always read the prospectus. Yes, for some of you all, it's long. But if you can sit and you can watch Netflix and binge watch it for three consecutive days and text your boo, you can read the prospectus. But I also look at the benchmark <laughs> because the benchmark is what the fund manager said that they were going to this particular benchmark. I'm going to perform at or better than this benchmark. What is a benchmark? The guys talked about it on EYL. That's why y'all in here, right? So like that might be the S&P 500, 500 publicly traded companies. That might be the Russell 2000. You know, is it a Russell 2000 growth? Is it a Russell 2000 value? It might be the Russell 2500. It might be the Russell 1000. This benchmark, if you look at, and this is a, a key that I do when I'm, I'm teaching my classes, I go to marketsft.com. Or if you have a um, time account with Fidelity um, or, you know, whatever, wherever your 401k exists, go in there. Maybe they have some resource tool. But I go to marketsft.com. I type in the stock symbol and I click performance. And when you click performance, it will show what was the benchmark for that particular mutual fund. And at what percentage did it return five years ago, three years ago, one year ago, six months ago, three months ago mm -hmm. today? if the stock market was open that day, okay? It might be 15%, 20%, right? Let's say five years ago was 15%, three years ago was 10%. Then you're gonna look at your mutual fund and you wanna see how well those fund managers put the expense ratio that they charge you, that 1%, that 0.05% to work. If their benchmark was 15%, if Russell 1000 returned 15% and your mutual fund returned 6%, they didn't even meet their benchmark. That means they set a goal that they couldn't even meet. And if they couldn't meet their goal five years, three years, two years, one years, what makes you think that they're going to meet the goal today? Mm -hmm. So when I look at the mutual fund, I always look at that benchmark and I'm always looking at the mutual fund and seeing if that percentage is higher than the goal that the fund set for itself. And that's important to look at performance long term, because like EYL said, 2020 was an amazing year for those people who got smart and got active in the market. If you could afford to invest. Right. Those returns. Some of these mutual funds were returning 20, 30, 40, 50 percent. We probably cannot anticipate that that's going to happen in 2021 with the introduction of the vaccine. But if you look five years, three years, two years ago, pre-pandemic, you can see how those fund managers were managing that account absent COVID, and that could be a future indicator for their performance moving forward. Well, so what, what's a, uh, not to cut you off, what, what's a mutual fund or top two that you like? Because I, I know they're going to kill us if we don't ask. <laughs> um, I like the Fidelity Blue Chip Growth. Um, so I believe that that is, I didn't write down a stock tip for that, but that's Fidelity Blue Chip growth. And then I also like uh, BNY Mellon small mid cap. So that's DB max. So D-B-M-A-X, DB max. Okay. okay. So those are the two that I have. The fidelity. I'm, I'm definitely familiar with the fidelity mid cap growth one. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a very good one. Um, that was a whole night. Like, like yeah. and that the information is not just 
for 401ks. Like that's just broad range investment information. Yeah. Like she just talked about mid cap, large cap, small cap, PE ratio. Looking at the holding benchmarks. Yeah. A lot of stuff that I don't think we even spoke about before. Um, so yeah, man, that was that was great. I, I just yeah. I just want people to fully appreciate the level of education because that was a lot, a lot of gems. Sometimes yeah. you give people so many gems, it's just like they don't fully <laughs> understand what's was being given to them. That was like a full blueprint of actually how to break down a mutual um, fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, the crazy part is like to me when I was listening to it, I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This sounds pretty similar to how we would research our ETFs. Well, you, once you, like I said, always said, like, once said, you learn about- Same process. Same yeah, process, right? Once you, once you learn one, <laughs> it's, it's like learning a language. Like once you learn one thing, whether it's a mutual fund, whether it's an ETF, whether it's an individual stock, yep. it's all it's all synonymous with each other. And that's, this is what helps you. Like once you start to learn about the investment language, they're all very similar. So you can use the same, the same thing in individual stocks with your brokerage, investing for your kid, doing an IRA, 401k it's, yeah. it's all very similar but the, and you know what the beautiful part is and i give you a whole lot of credit is like think about all of what she just told you like that's the homework you know what i'm saying people are like yo well y'all y'all saying like hey, do your homework but what she just gave you a whole lesson of how to do the homework when it comes to uh, investing in mutual funds and shout out to everybody i see people pu- putting up that we, we we went into depth about expense ratios in the, the book club but yeah, Yo, yeah. you just laid it out nah, for us. We got, we got the to get keys. You, we got to get you to teach a class. <laughs> the keys. Thank you, Al. Invite me. I'm gonna pull up the class. Y'all nah, know nah, I'm for sure, for sure. Professor <laughs> Key. Yeah. Professor Key. We got, we got to get you. We got to get you to teach a class. You I would here. love to join. I do want to add that the one I just went into my Fidelity account. Uh, that's why I keep traditional IRA. And we were talking about 401ks, but like I said, this information is transferable, and that's FBGRX. Um, that's the stock ticker. So that's F B G R X, and that's Fidelity Blue Chip Growth Fund. Okay. Yeah, they give it. It's a whole lot of game. My graduates from my school, being Forbes, backdrop, backdrop, <laughs> a mic drop, backdrop, backdrop. <laughs>